Here's another inspiring message from Northside Community Church, Sydney. Well, it's great to hear so many conversations happening. And this is always the process where I say we're friends. Strangers can become friends and friends become family. That's the friends become family side of things. Hey, if you are the sort of person that knows exactly how our service runs every week to the minute, you'll see that we are starting the message early this morning because we are welcoming our Taramara congregation via the live stream this morning. So to everyone at Taramara, great to see you again through the camera. And I had a ball last week with you all, just been able to catch up. And it's been a long time since I've been up to our Taramara campus and I love just what God is doing amongst you up there in the upper north shore of Sydney. So we've got a big room with us this morning. We've got all the church in with us this morning. So I want to ask you a question this morning. Have you ever forgiven someone without ever being asked? Now that's not the sort of question where you need to put your hand up as a keen one or nudge someone to you, but have, have you ever forgiven someone before they've had to come to you? Have you ever decided in advance, yes, they've hurt me, yes, they've caused me pain, yes, it's going to be difficult, but I decided just to forgive anyway. And if you have, maybe you're the sort of person that can share the stories after the service where you kind of realize that if you've been in that space, I would suggest to you that you felt lighter, you felt freer and it's just a better way to live and so let me cut straight to the chase this morning in case like you're distracted by your phone or a notification's going up on your apple watch or you've got somewhere to be and so you might exit the service early or whatever it might be or you just want to check your facebook throughout the message let me just get to the point of what we want to say this morning Uh, jesus would say to you just forgive anyway just forgive anyway, to which you would say, hey, Jesus, that's absolutely ridiculous. You don't know what they've done to me. You don't know how much they've hurt me. You don't know the pain that they've caused me, Jesus. And I guarantee it that if there are some of you that came up and shared the stories of the way that people have hurt you, you would be right. I mean, we would be with you. We'd want to go bash them in like the purely spiritual way, by the way, we don't condone physical violence. Bash them spiritually in prayer, intercessory prayer. <laughs> Jesus, you don't know how hard it is just to forgive this person with the pain that they've caused me. And I'm not naive to that. I understand that there is deep pain for all of us in what people have done to us. But Jesus would say, forgive anyway, because Jesus would say to you, unforgiveness leaves them in control. To which you would say, no, no, they're not in control. They're not the boss of me. You know, they're not the boss of me. But unforgiveness leaves him in control. And the proof is, you know, how many times have you had that imaginary conversation with that person in the last month or the last week? That person is living in your head rent-free each and every day of the week. And you're the one saying that you're in control. (laughs) Unforgiveness is putting them in control. And so this morning, I want to talk about the dimension of forgiveness that can release that control over someone's pain that they've caused you in their life and it's the vertical uh, we've talked firstly about the vertical dimension of forgiveness 
Uh, Barry did last week and I did up at Taramara that at the cross we've, lo- we've lost our right to withhold forgiveness to everyone, anyone else because God has first forgiven us and that if you don't first receive forgiveness well, you won't forgive others well. That's the vertical dimension. And now we look at the inner dimension this morning of forgiveness where right up front, forgiveness is granted before it is felt. Write that down. That's what we're going to learn. Forgiveness is granted before it's felt. If we wait until it's felt, we're never going to forgive. And that's why Jesus says up front, you must, you must, you must forgive. Otherwise, from Matthew 18, he said, God is coming after you. And if you have a problem with that, (laughs) I'm just the male boy. (laughs) Okay? Not my message. It's his. To which we would say, hang on, what, God, you're coming after us? You know, you're gonna, we're going to be punished if we don't forgive people. And like I shared with you in week one, no, it's not that God wants to punish you, that to live in unforgiveness is to punish yourself. God's not punishing you. You, you are punishing you in unforgiveness. And so... It's a bit of a double whammy because we've been hurt by the person. We feel like God's come at us and saying that we've got to forgive. And so we ask the question, you know, what's the deal with all of this? And God says, no, you are just punishing you. And then we would say, hang on, Jesus, but if you're here, you don't understand what's going on. And you don't understand how hard it is for me and the pain that they've caused me. And out comes the question that we want to deal with today. How do I forgive someone who has hurt me? More importantly, how do I forgive people who keep hurting me? Uh, Aren't we lucky that it's only in primary school that bullying occurs? Yeah. (laughs) I remember I was in high school and... and, uh, I, uh, every time I'd walk around the boarding house at Knox Grammar there, there was a particular guy that would uh, just annoy the daylights out of me. He'd just go, hey, Sammy... Right? It was so flippin' frustrating. And um, the challenge was this guy was like six and a half feet tall in year nine. Like he was just a giant, right? And uh, he'd just go, Sammy. <laughs> right? And it just annoyed the absolute daylights out of me until I got to that moment when it was all too much and it boiled over and I went, pushed him and I said, stop that, Ben. And this guy kind of uh, like a scene out of the Back to the Future movie when Biff was over the top of Marty McFly. Like this guy just turned into a giant and it was in that moment that I feared for my life and I thought, I've got to do something. And so it was in that moment, it's like either fight or flight, you know, that sort of moment where your life is on the line and it's fight or flight. And what am I going to do here? And in that moment, I just went smack, smacked him right in the side of, uh, side of the face, in the cheek there. And in a moment, all, all the rest of the boarding house, they were watching. I had popcorn ready to go, like, watch this young guy get obliterated. <laughs> and in that moment, he just stunned silent for a little bit. And then he said, oh, let's be friends. <laughs> now, what I want to say to you this morning, thanks, Muzz, for your commendation. That's probably not the way that we should deal with pain. And we'll see that in the scriptures this morning. Is that, you know, like on one hand, we've been bullied by the six and a half foot guy in year nine, but what about the person who's going at you every day? What about the person at work who is out for you and running the agenda? What about the person in your family that keeps chipping away at your patience and your good nature? What about the person, uh, that friend of yours that keeps slandering you and they're so nice to your face, but everything happens around behind your back? How do we forgive people, not only who hurt us, but who keep hurting us. How do we deal with that dynamic? And there's two different ways that I believe that we can deal with it. One's a healthy way, one's a healthy way. One's an unhealthy way, one's a healthy way. The unhealthy way is to stuff it 
I don't mean muck it up, I mean to push it down. The other way is to solve it and resolve it. Stuff it or to solve it. And see, the problem is we Christians in particular, we've got a very sophisticated way of dealing with our forgiveness. With our forgiveness, what we think we do is, if I can just get away from the environment or the situation, then I'll be okay. You ever seen people do this? If I could just um, get away from the marriage or get out of the job or get away from the roommate or get away from the friend or get out of the church, then I'm going to be okay. Now, on a side note, if you are not in a place of safety, then of course you get out. This is not a message where, oh, the pastor said that I have to stay in an abusive relationship or a situation that is terribly painful. Of course not, you get out. This is someone who is chipping away at you. And we think, if I can just get to somewhere different, then I'll be okay. And you know what that is like? That's like saying to the AMBO, that's why I'm glad we've got Dan Wilson here, who's an ambulance officer, right? It's like saying to the AMBO, you've had a massive car accident, your kind of legs hanging out sideways and all the rest of it, and Dan comes down to you and he's there to stitch you up and take you to the hospital, and you say, no, no, Dan, it's okay, just take me to a a different area away from the accident site. Are you going to be okay if you do that? No, like your legs out sideways, you're, you're bleeding everywhere, you're half conscious. Here's the problem. Too many Christians have just left accident sites and thought that they're going to be okay. If I just get into a new relationship, if I just go to a different church, if I just deal with a different friendship group, and as a result, they're left bleeding into all of the relationships that are around them. And they wonder why they go from relationship to the relationship where there's anger and there's angst and there's bitterness and there's hurt. And why, why, Lord, does this keep happening to me? Because they've stuffed it, not mucked it up. They've pushed the anger down. And so what I want to say to this morning is that here's the risk. If you haven't resolved the anger and the hurt and the pain that someone has caused you through this internal process of forgiveness, then the risk is that you are going to carry this into every good relationship that you want to have for the rest of your life. You are going to take it with you. You are going to carry it with you if you continue to push it down. And so the question for you is, are you going to stuff it or are you going to solve it? Are you going to stuff it or are you going to resolve it? And so I want to look at a guy who, you know how often, you know, we think, well, these Christians or these biblical characters, they had no idea what we, you know, what would, what would they know with what we're going through? And there's a guy who knew exactly what it was that we are going through if we're in that place. This is a guy who was beaten and he was chased around and he was frustrated. This is a guy who understands what it's like to have someone constantly hurting him and berating him all the time. Uh, The Apostle Paul, who we're going to hear his words from in Ephesians, he had people chasing him around the countryside. He had people trying to beat up on him. He, He had people trying to destroy his work. And Paul says, you are a different people if you are the followers of Jesus. And so therefore, you must forgive. See how he's already catching on to Jesus's message? He says, you must forgive in advance. You must be the sort of people that would forgive. And the amazing thing about this is Paul had every reason Every reason not to forgive because they were ruining God's work. You know, he should just have said, well, you know, God smite them. And yet he'd learnt this message of forgiveness and he understood the dynamic between stuffing it or solving it. And here it is in verse 26 of Ephesians chapter 4. 
He says, in your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you're still angry and do not give the devil a, a foothold. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as Christ, God, forgave you. Follow God's example, therefore, as dearly loved children and walk in the way of love. And so firstly, we see there that he says, in your anger. Now, the underlying word for in your anger there is literally translated, be angry. Be angry and do not sin. The first thing that Paul says to you and I, and he says to you if you're feeling hurt or pained, first of all, he says it's okay to be angry. They've hurt you. They've, they've caused you pain, and it's okay as a human being to feel the anger behind this. It's okay. You don't have any choice but to be angry at times. But we're talking about legitimate anger here, not the self-righteous, religious type of anger. But he's saying it's okay to be angry, angry that you're hurt, that someone's robbed you of something, that someone's robbed you of an idea at work. And Paul was no psychologist, but he got this incredible insight where he's saying, go ahead and feel angry, because if you don't, you'll stuff it. You'll push it down. So he says, be angry, feel the emotion of it all. Feel it, otherwise you'll stuff it. But then he says, hang on, be angry, but do not sin. Be angry, but do not sin. In other words, what he's saying is we're never to allow our anger to overflow into our actions. It's okay to feel angry. It's not okay to act out of the anger. You know, I've said a lot of things. I'm sure you've never done this. You know, I've said a lot of things that I just wish I could take back. Don't you wish life had a control Z button? <laughs> I wish my emotions had uh, what my email system does. I use airmail and airmail's got this amazing system where there's a three minute delay between when I press send and when the email actually gets sent. So you get like a three minute window to hit cancel. I just kind of figure, you know, like why could my life have not been set up? So that I had a three-minute window between the angry thought that I've had in my head and what comes out of my mouth. Anyone would like that? Yeah. It's tough. I'm a, I'm a verbal processor. It just comes out. Right? Paul says, don't allow the anger to come out. Be angry, but do not sin. And never allow your anger, the result of your hurt, to control what you do. And Paul says, you've got to split the two apart. You can have the emotion but then there's the feelings and then there's the decisions. This making sense? Be angry, but do not sin. And then he gives us another little tip. He then says, now, do not let the sun go down on your anger. And we've heard this phrase many a different time for those that have been in church. Now, I, don't think it's a lit I, don't, I actually don't think it's literal in this sense. Can't be literal because my two sisters live in Vancouver. And uh, at the moment, they've, they've got about 23 and a half hours worth of sunlight. So it's quite possible that if you're in Vancouver, or particularly if you're an Alaskan, that you could be angry for the next three months at the moment. <laughs> I don't think it's literal, but a lot of Christian couples, many of you have used this, and you know that it's just a very good principle to not go to bed angry. And the point that Paul is trying to make simply is this, do not let your anger linger. Do not let your anger linger. As soon as possible, resolve in your mind that you're going to be clear where I've been hurt. I'm seeking to resolve it. And here's why, because he then goes on to say, don't allow the devil to get a foothold, which is a really weird way to talk about all this. When we think of the devil, we think of that little guy that sits on our shoulder and tells us to do all sorts of naughty stuff. And the devil tempted me and the devil made me do it. No, what Paul is talking about here is the sort of person that's been hurt 
by someone in life and they said, you know what, I'm going to hold on to this. And you know why I'm going to hold on to us, they say. And I think you and I do this all the time. We hold on to it because we think, if I'm going to let this go and forgive them in this process, then I'm letting them get away with it. Anyone ever felt that? And so we really cleverly decide that I'm going to hold on to anger and rage and bitterness and all of this wonderful fruit of the spirit of Satan. And that's quite literally what he's saying. You want to build the fruit of the spirit of Satan in your life? Hold on to the anger and the hurt that's being caused in you and say, come on, devil, come, come set up a base of operation in my life. Come set up base camp. Ask Kristen. At the moment, I'm just obsessed with Everest on YouTube. I don't know why. I think the algorithm's changed. Anyone else seen Everest on YouTube, right? But yeah, yeah, Chris, it's the algorithm, isn't it, dude? Okay, I'm just watching all sorts of Everest clips. And what Paul is saying here is don't allow the devil to live in the base camp of your life. So that every time that someone comes around in a relationship, there's suspicion and there's anger and there's bitterness, even if they haven't hurt you. Because you've given the devil a foothold to say, I'm going to allow anger and rage and bitterness to live in me. He's not saying you're a devil. He's not saying you're demonic. He's not saying that you've become the devil. He's saying, don't let the devil set up operations in all of this. He's saying that, that you have to, you have to, you have to deal with this. Uh, I've seen this chatting to some of the crew in SuperConnect. One of the guys there asked a fascinating question around forgiveness that, um, as you know, we've been collecting all these questions from you. It helps inform our preaching in this. He asked a fascinating question. He's like, how do, I, how do I forgive a third party over here because of the pain that they've caused someone that I care about, even though the person I care about's never really done anything wrong, but I've got to live with the fruit of what they did. Does that make sense? And part of the reason is, is because this person is still carrying what happened to them in the past relationship. You think I just make this stuff up for a good sermon? <laughs> no, you, you and I know that if we don't resolve this, we take this to relationship, to relationship, to relationship, to environment, to environment, to the environment. That, that if we don't do this hard in a work, we just ask the ambo to just come and shift us down the road so I can bleed down here a little bit longer. <laughs> this making sense? Don't give the devil a foothold, says Paul. And so... I've got to ask you guys the question, have you mistaken moving away from the situation as forgiveness? I had lunch with someone this week and their answer was, I'm just not going to be back there in that situation ever again. And it was one of those types of conversations where um, I told it to them up front. I said, I don't think you've forgiven them. They went, I have forgiven them. <laughs> have you mistaken getting away from the situation for forgiveness? And how, how do we forgive? As, as we begin, begin to land this morning, I know all of you practical ones, you know, you're there with your notepad going like, how's this working? Where's my three-point step? I Good news is there's a three-point step coming, so just chill. There, look, look, Michelle down here. She's got the notepad and everything ready. She's like, thank you, Jesus. All right. Okay. I just need a three-pointer in my life. Let's get to it. Um, 
here's the revelation I've had around forgiveness. That forgiveness is not so much an event, but it is a state. I don't know about you, I've constantly felt that I have to live event by event by event, that I have to do an inventory of everyone who's hurt me. And where I want to take you this morning is not into event-based forgiveness, but into a state of forgiveness. And what Paul, what God, what Jesus wants to craft in your life is not a person who can get through every tick box of forgiveness of people that have hurt them, but to build the sort of person who lives by what we call biblically a forgiving spirit. The sort of person that when you encounter them doesn't bleed their anger and their hurt and their resentment over you in the situation, that when the ambo carries them into your life, guess what they bleed? Forgiveness. Could you become the sort of person who bleeds forgiveness? It's having a state rather than an event-based version of forgiveness. And in verse 32, here's how you develop that. Paul says, be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as Christ God forgave you. And so let me ask you a question, class. How did God forgive you? If you say the cross, yes, tick, you get a gold star. But what does that mean? Here's, here's what the cross, cross, cross means for me. The, the cross is like Jesus, Jesus is heading to the cross and he's going through the mental agony with his father as, what am I doing here, Lord? Why are you doing this? And, and God says, it's for Sam. And, and, and Jesus looks into that and goes, yeah, that, that's right. Like it's entirely possible that I'm going to go through all of this pain and agony and, and he's going to muck it up. And and he's going to be born and he's going to act out of his self-interest and he's, he's going to be selfish up there and he's, and he's actually going to lie in here and he's, he's, he's going to twist the truth into that situation and he's going to manipulate in that. He's going to do all that. And what I love about the cross is that at the cross, Jesus says, you know what, Sam's going to do all that, but Sam, I forgive you anyway. I forgive you in advance. And so to develop a forgiving spirit is to become the sort of person that as we've been developing this resource forgiveness in our lives over the past couple of weeks, is, to, is, is when we look to the cross and say, I am the sort of person who lives in the reality that I have been forgiven in advance, then I'm going to decide up front to be the sort of person who forgives in advance. Does it mean you get hurt? Of course. Does it mean it's painful? Of course. Does it mean it's going to be agony for you? Of course. But there is a posture about you that says, I am going to forgive anyway. I'm not going to hold on to the anger and the bitterness and, and hurt. And I'm going to forgive anyway. And you know what I say under my breath now to try and foster this sort of spirit? <laughs> if someone hurts me, I say under my breath, hmm, you don't know me, but you don't owe me. You don't know me, 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 you don't owe me. You don't owe me. And that's how we get into the three points. Here it comes, Michelle. <laughs> three different points of forgiveness. And I'm going to be tricky this morning because the three points come from a message I've already preached on forgiveness and I wasn't going to re-preach it again to you this morning because I love what Paul brought out of Ephesians. So if you want that, this is the time in the service where we'll, in YouTube we'll do the click the link up here to go back to that message. <laughs> Does that work? <laughs> but when I preached the message uh, 
what does Jesus say about forgiveness? If you want to watch that up on YouTube, and I don't get commissions for the views of our stuff, so it's all fine. You can go back and watch it at home. But the three steps were pr- pr- pretty much this. Don't two-dimensionalize the person. Don't character to the person. Don't reduce them to, uh, when Jenny hurts you because she lied, guess what we all say? Well, Jenny's a liar. Jenny's a liar. We've two-dimensionalized the person. No, Jenny's nuanced and she's got a whole range of reasons why that happened. Don't two-dimensionalize them. See them for what they are. Miroslav Volf said, uh, forgiveness flounders when I exclude my enemy from the community of humans and I exclude myself from the community of sinners. Right? That's the first one. Second one is you cancel the debt. Or as I say in Northside language, you have to deanimate the gif. Remember the gif image? You know, those little four frames of all the key moments that they've hurt you that goes over and over and over and over it in your mind, just reset, of, of just deanimating the gif of the moment that they've... <laughs> That's a real life gif. I reckon we could cut that back. In other words, you stop having the internal conversations in your head and rehearsing the ways that they've hurt you. You have to cancel the debt. You have to say, you know what? It hurt, it's painful, it cost me, it's created a debt. I'm going to pay for it. And as a result, that allows you then to relinquish revenge. Right? Because sometimes people are after forgiveness. They're after being back with the person, but they're really not after forgiveness. They're after vengeance. How do I get payback? How do I bring this person back in so I can just tell them one more time what it is that they've done to me? That makes sense? That's how we do that. You can go back and look at another 20 minutes on that. But look, let's be realistic as we finish this morning that, you know, what about the people in your life that are almost impossible to deal with? And I know, I know we've all got them. I, I mean it in the, in the serious sense. That, you know, so often, you know, why is it that so often it's the ones that you love that hurt us the most. And forgiveness is kind of fine if you don't have to deal with those in your life that you love and continue to hurt you. And maybe the grace in it all is because you love them, because you want to be with them, it doesn't allow you to get the ambo driver to take you elsewhere. But in that, it It's that wrestle and we would say, what do we do with this? And Paul would say to you this morning if he was here, he'd say, child, look, brother, sister, hey, I get it. I get it. I've been through it. But he would say to you, do not let the sun go down. Deal with it. Do not let your anger linger. Because he would say to you, whatever you need to do, go away and sit in the office for a little while and deal with it. Go away and get some space and a retreat. Get on the phone and call your wife. Drive around the block a few times. But for heaven's sake, do not sit on this for too long. Because the biggest risk that you have is you become the sort of person that spends so long in your anger that you forget the very reason why you were angry in the first place. And there and there, you take on not the character and identity of Christ, you take on the character and identity of unforgiveness. You don't even know why you're angry anymore. You don't know why you're hurting anymore. He says you must forgive immediately and completely, otherwise you run the risk of carrying it. A forgiving spirit says, I've decided up front that I'm going to forgive. I've decided up front and I'm going to do it anyway. And so Paul says, it's okay to be angry. But it's not okay to act out of that anger and you just have to deal with it. 
to which we go, hang on, hang on, hang on, but, you know, am I supposed to go on like nothing's ever happened? Am I supposed to reconcile with the person? Am I supposed to be friends with them again? What do I do with the pain that I still feel? Uh, Does it mean that I should just pretend nothing's ever happened? No, 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 no. And we'll talk about more of that next week. So there's the ad for next week. (laughs) But what I do want to say to you this morning is that you are responsible and I am responsible for dealing with the anger and the hurt promptly and quickly. Do not let the sun go down. And I know that because of the own hurts and pains in my life, forgiving someone anyway is not easy. But whenever I want to complain about that, I think to myself, well, that's exactly the way that God forgave me. And so therein lies our challenge. What do we do with that? Because if you're like me, I'd rather hold on to my case. I'd rather remind everyone that I'm a victim. I'd rather let everyone know that I've been hurt. I'd rather let everyone know what it is they've done. And if we do that, God would say to us, you know, you go and forgive. And you would say, no, 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 no. I'm waiting for them to come and have a conversation with you. And here's the thing. If it's left to human nature to forgive someone, no one is forgiven no one. Because you and I both know through the difficulty that forgiveness is not natural. It's supernatural. Exactly. (laughs) It's supernatural because God said, children of mine, if you're a follower of Jesus this morning, this is how I forgave you. I'm the sort of God who came up knowing what it is that you would be like and I forgave you anyway. And he says, I suggest you do the same. Let's pray. Lord, I recognized in this room that there is very real pain and I am conscious that minds would have gone back to moments in our lives that we would rather forget. And I stand with my brothers and sisters this morning in the way that your first followers did when you would open your mouth, Jesus, and they said to you up front, but hang on, Lord, this is hard teaching. And I protest with some of them this morning that Jesus, you don't, you don't know what it is that I've been through. You don't know what it is that I'm struggling with. You don't know how much I've been hurt. You don't know the pain that I've experienced. And if you're joining me in that prayer, I would say on his behalf this morning, of course I do, child. I told my followers, and I'm, I'm telling you, don't you know that I already know that your Heavenly Father knows what it is that you need even before you ask? course I know but I'm not asking you to do anything in a level of magnitude that's any more than I've done for you so it's within that reality Lord Jesus that we would take the nuance of our humanity in this moment everything in our souls and our emotions that scream against your word and it's at that junction point and that tension point that we feel now in this moment that All we can do in this silence is say, help, Lord. Help us by your Holy Spirit. Help us be courageous. Help us be peaceful. Help us to take the first steps. Help us to release this because I want to be free.
So Lord, we await to see the ways in which you will mysteriously work in our lives and we would dare to believe that at some point in time, because the call is not that in this moment, this morning, that we are going to walk away and that every person in this room is going to walk out of here and write cards and forgive and I certainly hope that there might be one or two of those but Father, we would declare that in your timing, by your Holy Spirit, would you lead us into that place that is so difficult to enact forgiveness and in so doing, may we feel the freedom that comes from that, I pray. In your mighty name, Amen. Well, thanks for tuning in. If you'd like to find out more about Northside, visit northsidechurch.org.au.